unhappy people don't do good work, but it's about fairness and equity and creating a win-win scenario. And this is a great time again in your business model to make sure you're aligned with the right people. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. You're listening to Where Should I Invest? And today I speak with Harry James, the one and the only. He's been investing for 30 plus years and has done probably every single strategy imaginable out there from a real estate standpoint. And uh, he's also my business partner in some of our development projects. And so we talk about Inspire Beach Resort today. And uh, if you are ever curious about building a resort, this is going to be a great show. Uh, there's a lot of cash flow that can be made, but it is also a business at the same time. But before we talk to Harry, Dahlia, over to you from Streetwise Mortgages. What do we need to know from a financing standpoint? Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. As we approach the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023, myself and my team at Streetwise Mortgages would like to wish you and your loved ones a happy holiday season and a healthy and prosperous year ahead. Despite the doom and gloom about the upcoming recession and the temporary dip in real estate values and the rising interest rates, I wanted to remind you as a real estate investor that there is always, always opportunity when there is fear and that diamonds are manufactured under pressure. Times like this, force us all to become more resourceful and more resilient in finding solutions to any current challenges we're experiencing and to continue to move our goals forward. As you plan for the year ahead as a real estate investor, I wanted to share with you various thoughts that will help you solidify your plan for 2023 and springboard your growth in the year ahead. So let's get started. Number one, pause and reflect on your 2022 real estate goals and what you have accomplished. Ask yourself what went right and what didn't, and what are some of the key lessons that you've learned and what will you do differently in 2023? List your top five. Number two, stabilize your current portfolio. To be able to tap into the opportunities that will come your way and the market ahead will present, you must ensure that the foundation on which your current portfolio is built is stable. For example, if you are experiencing any cash flow pressures due to the rising rates, you can explore some solutions such as debt restructuring solutions. Those would include things like extending the amortizations on one or more mortgages, looking at the streetwise cash flow booster strategy, or paying down expensive debts with cheaper money. You can also look at the flip side of the coin, which are the income generating strategies that can help you boost your rental income. Those would include things such as charging for extra things like parking or storage, or considering midterm rentals, or something that is a little bit counterintuitive right now, such as buying a cash flowing property or lending 
in a private mortgage, all of which will generate extra cash flow for you to help you offset some of the cash flow shortfalls. Strengthening the foundation of your portfolio also entails reducing exposure to private money and exiting any high leverage private loans. Here's the thing, private lenders right now are changing their appetite to lend given the market conditions and they're also increasing the cost of money. Do not stack up on private money without exiting existing deals where you have utilized private capital. Also explore your options to exit private money six months ahead of renewal if you can. Number three, manage interest rate exposure. If you have properties that are coming up for a mortgage renewal in the next six months, the rate decision you make today is more important than ever. I do not suggest that you lock into a five-year fixed rate because you would be locking in at the height of the rate cycle. Variable rates remain an option if you're an investor who values flexibility and you are okay with another 50 points increase, which is expected in early 2023 by the Bank of Canada before they pause on future additional hikes. Also, if you want to benefit from a reduction in variable interest rates in the future, which is expected to be early 2024. If you want the peace of mind while having the option to benefit from future lower rates in 2024, you may consider locking into a one or a two years fixed rate. I highly suggest that you connect with my team or speak with your mortgage broker for guidance for the best option for you, given your financial situation and risk tolerance. Number four, get well capitalized. Investors who have access to capital will be in the best position to tap into opportunities and to weather the storm because they're gonna have a cushion. I recommend increasing or setting up secured line of credits where possible on your properties. You can also obtain unsecured line of credits, quote unquote, selectively uh, with the guidance of your mortgage broker. And I also recommend getting any of your joint venture partners mortgage ready so they can hit the ground running. And finally, take frequent and consistent action. While planning is important, planning alone does not get you there. It's really important to combine it with frequent and consistent action. As success coach Darren Hardy says, you will never change your life until you change something that you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. My team and I would love to help you make 2023 your best year ever in real estate. Through our exclusive financing roadmap methodology, we will guide you, we will help you solidify your plans and unlock your money possibilities. Contact us today at info at streetwisemortgages.com to book your planning session and to get a copy of your complimentary 2023 financing roadmap. Awesome, Dahlia. Very insightful. And guys, 
If you haven't yet reached out to Streetwise, do so. It is at no cost and it is the best decision I've ever made in my life to leave the banks and actually work with a mortgage broker that knew how to help scale a portfolio and acquire a lot of different types of properties as well, from commercial to um, you know, doing the Burr strategy to recreational and everything in between. So great resource to have. And on that note, let's bring in Harry, Harry James. All right. So we are recording another special episode with Harry James today. I'm Sarah Larby, as you guys know. And every so often, Harry decides or agrees, I should say, agrees. nice I agree. No idea. <laughs> yeah, me neither, actually. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on the go. But. Next. You know, thank you for being my mentor and and dealing with my crazy, uh, crazy personality <laughs> over the last how long has it been? Five, five, four years. It's been a while, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been, it's amazing how fast it's going by, though. Absolutely, yeah. So we've got lots, lots of cool projects on the go. But uh, before we, you know, before we really talk about our projects, let's talk about what's happening in this market today and what your thoughts are. Oh, it's uh, well, it, you know what? I I feel bad for the people that have jumped on the real estate bandwagon and didn't understand that it was a, a business and that they weren't warned of the downside and corrections and bad tenants and interest rates that can go up 600%. I've always maintained, Sarah, that you get rich slowly in real estate, methodically, systematically. The key to building wealth is lasting, just persevering. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm not criticizing anybody that uh, that promotes themselves or so on, but I think sometimes people can be misled when you know, somebody 29 years old has $40 million worth of real estate in, in two years and and um, and is leaning up against a Lamborghini and walking around their, their yacht. But nobody asked the question, you know, is there maybe $39,500,000 worth of the debt that they have to service? Uh, and it can be to a certain degree with, with not everybody, but with a number of these promotions, a, a little bit of a house of cards. And you and I have seen that. We've seen some people uh, get hurt. I had a, a conversation with a lady the other day that uh, lost uh, over $60,000 of her kid's uh, child uh, education plan by going into a project in uh, West that went well, that went bust. Sure. Um, I'm getting a front row seat of a lot of people that are very scared, negative cash flows, unsustainable cash flows for their, per for their income. And uh, they've just never seen this level of negativity and the, the downside of this uh, real estate journey that a lot of people paint as a great panacea and a, and a guarantee, which clearly it is not. Yeah. And I think a lot of people bought at the height of the markets with no plan B. Um, and, but you know what I'm actually most worried about is, well, really two things, is those who thought that the market could not come down and bought these pre-construction properties that had no additional exit other than potentially selling it. Um, you yeah. know, that whole buying the contract and signing the contract to me was always risky. And I think a lot of people are going to. Couldn't agree more. I think hurt. some of the agents that promoted that, frankly, should be thrown in jail. I, I had one of those people call me for my daughter who was 25 looking for a condo. Mm -hmm. And he said, just buy it a year from now. We can sell it for a hundred grand anyway. And I said, are you a real estate agent? Like, do you go to Casino Rama? Really? How could you possibly, yeah. as a professional, ethical person, make that kind of statement? And again, and I don't think we've even seen the ramifications of those things making it through the system yet because the interest rate hikes just really hit. The variable mortgages are coming due and the pain is starting to happen now. Uh, the news comes and that you react emotionally, but the rubber hits the road when it affects your pocketbook and your income. And there's a lot of people right now that really are having a tough time. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not having a second exit plan. I mean, it's always been a thing, right? Like even in the past where we were always saying, have, you know, your first exit, your your strategy, but make sure that you have another secondary exit. And there's some some strategies that just, in my opinion, don't work today. I mean, that's one of them. Flipping is definitely riskier as well, um, you know, because if you have to keep it and you can't get the financing for it, you have, you know, you're you're losing thousands of dollars because your rents don't match with that expensive property that could potentially be a, a bad, you know, bad time for that investor. Yeah. You know, I had the privilege of interviewing Ken Fowler, who, if your list, listeners are interested, it's actually on YouTube. And Ken Fowler is one of just Canada's greatest, under the radar, but greatest real estate investors, very, very humble man, built Van Springs Hotel, uh, Red Leaves, uh, some very, very significant developments in St. Catharines. And I remember he was being interviewed when, when I interviewed him, I said, what's the number one piece of advice? for real estate advice, uh, uh, investors that you would give based on your 90, I think he was 90 years old at the time. And he made a statement. He said, staying power. You have to have staying power. And what that really means is a contingency plan. It doesn't matter if it's real estate, Sarah, or uh, running a coffee shop or running a manufacturing company. When you make business decisions, you have to make them for you know, five years, not five minutes or a month, five months. But you also have to manage the downside risk, the what ifs. Right. People used to always ask me, well, Harry, why do you always go five years in mortgages? Why do you always go five years? Well, I'm stretching myself to get in. My philosophy has always been, you know, live within your means, invest beyond your means. So fortunately, I've stretched myself for things that go up in value. I've always had a full-time job to feed my real estate. Again, I was joking the other day with somebody. I said, look, Anybody out there that's got one of these deals where there's no money down, you're living in Bahamas within three weeks with positive cash flow from that deal, sign me up. I'll take everyone that's available because for me right. to build my wealth, I've been feeding a lot of my properties over uh, over a very, very long period of time. And so you have to have a contingency plan. How are you going to feed it? Do you have the ability to make more money at work through commissions? Are you going to bring in uh, partners or somebody in the family who's always wanted to get into real estate? You can sell off a small piece of it to, to see your way through. And I've been in those situations over the years, Sarah, just like now, where I've gone and said, look, I've got a piece of property. I bought it. Interest rates went up 600%. Costs have gone way up. The prices have gone down. I believe in it. I know it's going to be great over 10 years. But frankly, right now, I'm in over my head. I don't want to lose it. I'll bring you in at what I paid for it. I'll bring you in shoulder to shoulder. I'll run it. And, and, embarrass and here's the thing I've always done is I will guarantee you that whatever you put in, you'll never get less than that out of it. In other words, I'll give you an investment with training wheels. There's no downside. Mm -hmm. I've had those conversations over the past 30 years to get through the times like we're in now. And you know what? You need to put your pride on the shelf. You need to be able to admit that maybe you made a mistake or you were too exuberant or you maybe should have locked up. That's okay. But own it, lean into the problem, and then come up with two or three different ways to resolve it and persevere. Don't react emotionally. Don't lock in losses. Don't hide under your bed. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. Try to get ahead of it and lean into it. That's what that's what empowers you to solve problems. Yeah. No, that's definitely some great insight. So, so here's an example. Maybe, you know, I I get this question a lot: is is people bought at the height of the market, right? In January, February, of 2022, and probably overspent. So, what happens now if somebody has? And I think there was a recent case on something like this. But let's just say they bought you know, four properties at that peak that now are underwater. Like, what are some strategies, like you mentioned, bringing somebody in potentially? Like, what are some things that you can think of to get them out of the, maybe a sticky situation if they think that they won't be able to sustain? Well, again, life is all about lessons, right? And so, again, the first thing I'd say, maybe this is too ultra-conservative, but 
I've got a pretty good net worth. We've done pretty good real estate. I've got my black belt in failures. We could do 14 podcasts on that, but I've never bought four properties at once. Like, I'm not sure why we don't crawl before we walk and walk before we run. If you're buying four at once and you don't have a contingency plan or you don't have staying power, as Mr. Fowler would say, then you've got to tighten up your business model, tighten up the criteria so you don't put yourself in a position where you can, you can get, I don't mind doing deals where I can get hurt, Sarah, mm -hmm. but I make sure I don't do deals that can kill me. Mm -hmm. That's called managing the downside risk. So my, 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 first, my first advice would be take a bite out of the apple, one house, two houses, uh, not shove the whole apple in your mouth and choke, which is four houses or something that you can't afford. So that would be my, my first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is this. We get so down on negative cash flow in real estate. I never understood that. Like, what's wrong with having a million dollar piece of property tied up and it only costs you 700 bucks to keep it? I mean, it's like moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket. It's better than an RSP, in my opinion. So, yeah, you have to put seven or eight or 900 bucks in. It's not the end of the world. You just have to figure out how to come up with the seven, eight or 900 bucks. Okay, let's say you can't. Mm -hmm. so they say you can afford 450. That's when you call up your friends and family and say, look, I've done pretty well. I'm in a tight spot. How would you like to come in on this deal? I'll bring you in at my cost. You pick up 450, I'll pick up 440. By the way, 100% tax deductible against your net taxable income. Uh, sorry, but against your, yeah, your net taxable income. And we have great renters. The rents are going to go up. The debt's going to go down every year, even though you're putting in 700 bucks. You're, you're, you're actually building equity in the plan. I can show you what that'll be. So again, it's putting the effort in to create a business case. Real estate is a business. It is not a transaction. So those of you out there right now that have a problem, that are feeling painted in no corner, that have a cash flow issue, own it. Put it on your table. Lay it out. Look at different ways how you could solve the problem. That's how we make wealth. That's how we persevere and create experiences by leaning into things, not running away from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely some some great insights and, and great advice. And you know, a lot of people are probably in a situation where there was cash flow, and now the cash flow with the rate increases is probably negative, or or you know, basically going into the negative territory. And may I ask, may I add something else? And I don't mean your listeners get sick of my voice, but here's something I'm going through right now. Okay, absolute fact. I'm not immune from interest rate increases. We run our business on, on the line of credit. Yeah, my payments have gone up two and a half times. Right. Yeah. Same. Okay. I have, thankfully, I'm a long-term guy, so I only have one mortgage coming due next year. If I had a lot more coming due, I'd probably be a little, a little bit more restless. But the point is this, we have a number of properties in our portfolio and we've been so busy with our developments, like what you and I are doing yeah. and some other things that my partner, Joe and I are doing, we got lazy with maintenance. And what I mean by that is instead of really pricing jobs out, seeing the most efficient, effective way of doing it, I'll be handing maintenance jobs to a plumbing company, an electrical company, a painting company. And I think, oh, I must be getting the best prices because I give these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars for the business. So I have, I'm under the grand illusion. They've got a picture of Harry James up in their kitchen saying he's such a good guy. <laughs> We're always going to price it well. Well, case in point, George Nagy, my president, called me the other day. And we have this building, actually where we are right now, Sarah, we bought this through COVID. A nice little building on Main Street Market and where our head office is. And the front it has needed painted and freshened up since we got here. I've been chasing people to do it. Finally, my painter comes along last week, gives me a quote, $2,500. I said to George, are you kidding me? A 15-year-old kid with a paintbrush, like they don't even need a ladder to do this, like a little bit of talent. Like I just felt, and sure enough, a good friend of mine down the street that has a top-notch maintenance guy, his guy came here and he can do it for $1,500. Well, that's a thousand bucks. Yeah. Times that by 
a hundred different projects. It's a lot of money, a lot of money. Up very quick. Yeah, exactly. And then I find out another guy I know who's incredibly talented that has a full-time job is looking to pick up an extra little bit extra money. Guess what he's going to do it for? 30 bucks an hour. Right. So now I'm getting it done for probably $700 instead of 2,500. These times that we go through, mm -hmm. they have a way of refining and purifying and helping you grow as a business person. In good times, we can get lazy. In one and a half percent interest rates, we can get sloppy. Harry James has gotten sloppy. I just had a meeting with my team this morning. I said, from here on in, every single maintenance, every single thing that has to be done, we're putting it on the microscope, we're getting a second opinion, and we're seeing if there's more efficient and effective way of doing it because it's always the small things that add up to big results. And that includes managing the details in your company. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for the longest time, I think we were having a hard time finding trades and finding people. And I think it's going to start reversing itself soon, right? We're starting absolutely. to see it a little bit. Contractors are, you know, now actually having more time on their hands, not getting as, you know, bombarded. They're not starting six months out. Uh, you know, maybe they're at two or three months out at this point. So yeah. you could start seeing the trends reversing slowly. And the people that didn't want to work, like even we just hired, a, you know, a great salesperson just recently for our, our midterm company. but you know, maybe six months ago, but I mean, I'm not saying that it, her specifically, but like it was a lot harder to find people because it just seemed like less people wanted to work. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and you know what? And don't forget that over this last couple of years, we're seeing who's greedy, who doesn't have character, who just is concerned about their own backyard, who won't keep their word, who will go across the street and leave you hanging drop, uh, high and dry for an extra 50 cents or a buck an hour. Remember that. Because those are people you want on your team moving forward. This is a great time, again, to regroup, establish new relationships. Yep. Make sure you're in business with people that, hey, I got no issue with somebody making money. Uh, unhappy people don't do good work. But it's about fairness and equity and creating a win-win scenario. And this is a great time, again, in your business model to make sure you're aligned with the right people. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This week's podcast is brought to you by usproperties.ca. Are you looking to invest in turnkey US real estate that provides exceptional cash flow and appreciation? If so, reach out to James at james at usproperties.ca or visit the company website, usproperties.ca for more information. And now back to the show. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, you've been doing this for 30, 35 years now. So you've seen this happen before. You've seen the ups and you've seen the downs. And a lot of people have been investing maybe for three, four or five years. I mean, it's it's all been uphill since, you know, that that time. I think there was a little blip in, in 2017 when there was all those new rules and regulations with that Ontario Fair Housing BS that's, you know, my, my best friend, aka don't like her, Kathleen Wynn, yeah. uh, put together. This is not a political podcast. But oh, that's you just I made it political. That. Sarah Larby, attention, Sarah Larby hates Kathleen Wynn. Tell all your friends. I definitely do. But, you know, aside, aside from that, though, um, you know, there hasn't really been a whole lot of downturn and a lot of like, you know, big fear and no. like that we're seeing today. So no. like, what are some no. insights that you can provide based on your last, you know, 35 years? And You know what? I'm going to, this is, this, idea. boy, I, I might get in trouble for this, but here's the reality. We're soft. We're not tough. We're not good at handling adversity. We're not good at handling uh, being in the valley. Uh, many of us can only perform when everything's going perfectly and the, the birds are chirping and the sun is shining. That's not real life. These times teach you how to reach down. This is when you invest in the person in the mirror. This is when you build character integrity. This is when you put things in perspective. This is when you have the right attitude. This is when you make sure you surround yourself with the right people. If you're soft, if you're scared, that's okay. At least admit it. And then look in the mirror and decide what you're going to do to put yourself in a better position with a better constitution 
to manage the inevitable ups and downs of not just real estate, life. The skill sets you develop while you're going through a tough time are the ones that will sustain you and they help you enjoy every moment of your life for as long as you're on the planet. Unfortunately, because of the way things are structured today, too many people have had it easy. Too many people have, ride, have rode a wave and we're soft and we've got to toughen up a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Now everybody's just turned off the podcast and said, that guy's an no, ass. You're right. You're right. I, I, I mean, again, I, like, I, I have to be careful with what I say because I, you know, how I, how I think and, and how I should word things. Uh, uh, here we go. Say, but, say it. I just said it. You're right. We have a, a society of a lot of weak people in general. Right. And what do they say within there's, you know, weak men create hard times. That's a that's the thing. And I feel like that's where the, the situation is right now. We're creating hard times for ourselves because we're focusing on the nonsense. And there's no one that can, in my yep. opinion, you know, grow, I, some, grow some balls. I, I, to I totally agree with you. And, you know, I heard this really cool analogy this morning. And yes, I've been through three pretty serious downturns. In it, and I've been in the situations I just mentioned where I'm scared and I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And if, I, if an apartment wasn't rented, I couldn't buy food for my kids. I mean, I've been there and I'm not just saying that, but I've truly been there and I do empathize. I'm not suggesting for a moment. It's not tough. It's how you handle it is what I'm saying is important. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the, the, uh, the reality is with respect to the situation we're in today is it's much like an analogy I heard this morning. The guy says, let me tell you about surfers. He says, surfers go out, really good surfers, and they're waiting patiently to catch the wave. And the surfers catch the wave and while they're enjoying every moment on the wave, they're conscious of the fact, Sarah, that the wave is going to end. It's going to die. And they know that then when that happens, another wave may crash actually on top of them. So they have to develop a system to make sure they don't get killed by this wave that comes up on top of them. And then after they go through that cycle, they go back out to catch another wave. And what he was saying as a surfer is they enjoy every part of it. They enjoy looking for the wave, waiting for the wave, riding the wave. They even actually enjoy in a weird way the process of having to sustain the crashing of the wave and to get back up. And that was his analogy for life. In every area of our life, it's the exact same thing. There's waves. There's relationship waves. There's financial waves. There's health waves. And you can't just be happy. You just can't be well-rounded. You just can't be well-planted when you're on the wave. That's not reality. And if you set your expectation, your mindset in such a fashion that the only time you're going to be calm or have peace or be or, or, or be like fulfilled is when you're riding that wave, you're either going to be in full-time therapy or on some type of major drugs to help you with your depression. And I don't say that lightly because, you know, I believe one of the reasons it's such an issue today with mental health and addictions is because we have a, 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 an unreasonable expectation as to how life should go. And again, as I said a moment ago, we're just not good at handling the downside, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it is going to be interesting to see, you know, because we don't really know how deep the downside is going to be. We don't know how long it's going to be for, but I, you know, like you said, I, I do agree that I don't think we've seen it yet. Uh, but I think there's going to be some opportunities as well. I think there's going to be some, some great opportunities that we probably won't see for many years after this. So, you know, what should somebody do to also take advantage of, you know, not only the downside, but the opportunities that come with it? Well, so interesting. So I've been at this a long time, as you know, and uh, and I'm always learning. I got I'm, I don't even profess to be an expert. I just kind of put my head down and try to figure out my own little world. And if anybody wants my opinion, I'll give it to them. But here's what I've been doing. Um, every single day I've been feeding and, we and weeding my mind. I've gone back to fundamentals as a hockey player would do or as a basketball player would do. I've been uh, meditating and, and really re-listening to in a deep way and ingesting as a man thinketh. 
Um, I have been uh, looking at all of my businesses in the spreadsheets and looking for ways to uh, find efficiencies. I call it mining the gold under my feet. I'm looking for properties in our portfolio that are maybe underperforming or I could put in an extra apartment or an extra floor. I'm deepening my relationship with my tenants and letting them know how much I appreciate them as clients, not as a transaction. I'm looking at all the areas where we can get efficiencies. And then I have my antenna up for opportunities. And there's going to be many opportunities. And I'm not talking about floating around like a vulture. But look, this interest rate wave is just making it through. It's like the python swallowing the pig. Mm -hmm. It's just being digested now and it's going to spew out on the other end. Things are going to get worse before they get what better. Accept it. Realize it. Don't sit there and watch the news. Don't sit there and focus on inflation, which you don't control. Interest rates, which you don't control. What you control is your little world, your business, your decisions, your thoughts, the things that you're doing every single day to play the game to win. If you spend too much time and energy on the things that you have no control over, you'll spiral down in a very negative way. So as I said, I'm feeding and weeding my mind at 61 years old, probably more aggressively than I did when I was 31 years old. I'm taking a much closer look at my business so I can make sure I sustain and I'm getting in a position where I can capitalize on any opportunities that might come my way. So if somebody comes along, um, I think I've told you I want to get out of the development business. Uh, my, my partner, Joe, knows that. It's been fun. But, you know, five years of your life turned uh, tied up and all herding cats and waiting for politicians to bless your project. I've had enough of that. Uh, five years of money going out and you don't get your money until you deliver the product. I've had enough of that. But hey, if somebody comes to me in the next 24 months with a, an apartment building that's owned by a 75-year-old and they want to pass the baton and there's some decent numbers and Gary James will be at the front of the line looking at that. And I want to be in a position where I can capitalize on that because I truly believe that real estate, notwithstanding what we're going through today, has proven over and over again to be the most reliable, stable investment you can make in your life. And yes, it ebbs and flows. Yes, it goes ups and down, up and down. But um, I'm telling you, uh, cycles happen for a reason and they will repeat themselves in the future. So now's the time. The highest degree of pessimism is when you jump in, go against the crowd and create wealth. That has been written. That has been said. You have to have the intestinal fortitude to do it. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know what, as you're saying that you're getting out of the investment uh, or development game, rather, you know, unless something amazing comes up, you're like, you're still working on a lot of projects, right? You're doing stuff in Colbert. We've got the resort. We've got very you know, excited about lots, that sort. Yeah. Lots, lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I think you're also, you know, at a stage of your life where now you can potentially give back. And one of the things that we were talking about is, you know, doing some, um, you know, assisting uh, others in their development projects yeah. and, and coming in from a consultant standpoint. So maybe just what, what's your thoughts on on that? What, what well, you know what? I, I, I think I sent you a little note. I only sent it to a handful of people in my life. But, uh, you know, I live my life in kind of five-year chapters and I'm a big planner. And vision. And so my wife and I have sat back and said, okay, what do we want to do for the next chapter of our lives? Where do we want to live? How do we want to, you know, integrate with our grandchildren and all the things that we enjoy doing? How are we going to continue to invest in our marriage and enjoy the journey? And I'm also looking at my business life saying, okay, what do I want to edit out? What do I want to do? So I mentioned to Sarah and a few close friends. I always thought there was too many books and too much information on enough execution. So I'm actually writing a book that I'm going to launch uh, next year. And um, it's, it's just designed to inspire and encourage small entrepreneurs, people that need a leg up, feel they're not worthy, that people like me that thought it was for everybody else, not for them. Uh, I really enjoy very much inspiring, encouraging people. That's what birthed the Have Your Cake and Eat It Too, the stuff you and I do together. Yep. And I think we had some fun doing that in, in August, and we're going to do that again. So that's something that's uh, very, very important to me as I go forward. 
overseeing and, and building our portfolio. I truly believe if you're in a portfolio in the next seven years, it'll double in value, probably seven to 10 years. That's just the way it goes. It's the way the cycles go. So again, that's how you get rewarded from the perseverance. And, um, and then just uh, freeing myself up to get people to really recognize that time is their most important asset, the only thing worthy of a vault, of being in a vault, and that the monopoly game you don't want to take too seriously because, frankly, uh, it'll steal your joy and put you in the hospital. So play monopoly <laughs> to win, but to understand that your relationships, your your health, your vitality, your experiences, uh, the, the way you make people feel, and uh, and the stuff that you contribute to, to your own backyard is what makes all the difference in life and what makes uh, life worth living. Yeah. And I think you're spending also more time in the Bahamas as well with your family, you know, just ensuring that like you're you're exactly like having that right balance as well, because yes, you're doing lots of projects. But... Yeah, it's cool. Well, you know what, Sarah? Uh, so I have four, kill uh, four children, uh, 34 down to 20, uh, four amazing kids, the best dividends I ever gotten. Again, if anybody's listening, you're in business, you have a job, you have a manufacturing company. I promise you I've lived this. My children and my family always came first. I was at the dinner table. I coached every single team. I took them to Florida when I didn't have any money and put up my credit card. I went to the cottage and lived there when I didn't have any money. My net worth in my early 40s was very, very low. And the most important investment and the biggest dividend Harry James gets today, Sarah's, is where I can brag a bit. My four kids actually want to hang with me because they like me, not out of guilt and obligation. In other right. words, I've gone from that autocratic, you know, you have to raise your kids and keep them from jumping in front of a car to relational. And by making our our, our children a priority and, and making the and recognizing that time could not be bought back, I can't mm -hmm. put my 34 year old in the back of my car now and say, "Come on, we're going to go to Florida, great family vacation." Hey, Dad, you know I'm kind of married with my own kid. Like, leave me alone, get some Prozac. So you've you've got to make sure that you, you live it properly. And what I'm saying in a very long winded way, you will never ever ever hamper your ability to build financial wealth by living priorities such as health, family, relationship, mental health, that's the foundation to give you the energy and the drive to achieve big things. It's counterintuitive. It's going against the wave. You're never too busy to work out. You're never too busy to date your spouse. You're never too busy to go see your kid's game. You're never too busy to help somebody that's hurting more than you. And the, and the residual impact of that, the perspective that that will bring to your life you watch the impact it will have on your financial success and your happiness as you continue to build your journey. Yeah, no, you live that. I mean, you've ingrained many of those ideas and thoughts into my mind. And, and we've also been doing the Have Your Cake and Eat It Too retreats. And I think that ties really well into what we're doing and what we're focusing on. Um, and that is about, you know, not necessarily real estate and wealth, but everything around it and, uh, and living your best life. Um, and I'm actually excited for the next one too. We're going to do it in August 15th to the 17th. If you are interested. I mean, that was, you know what, again, it's going to sound like self-promotion. It's not, I mean, but what's really cool about that, mm -hmm. uh, resort, uh, conference that we did. So for, for 40 years, I've been in business for 30 years. I was in a sales role. I, I got the privilege because, you know, they make you like a white laboratory, right? You have to sell a bunch of stuff and then you qualify for a conference. But then when you get to the conferences, they put you in stretch limos and take you to the best restaurants and treat you like a king so that when they dump you back off in Toronto, you get back on that little, you know, spinning wheel and do it all over again. But I've been to some of the highest end, highest end conferences. Zig Ziglar was on the speakers, just showed you how old I am. I've heard John Maxwell. I've heard all great, great speakers. We put on a conference, Sarah, that was as good or better than any conference I've been to. And that's not because Agreed. of me. It's because of the team, the quality, the people that were there, mm -hmm. the authenticity, the, the, the willingness to share the speakers that came that were willing to share the environment. The, I mean, we didn't know this was going to work, but 
my goodness, the lake was amazing. The boat was amazing. The tent was amazing. The audience was The weather amazing. held up. Too. Yeah, the you weather held up. And I was really annoyed when, when I saw that a school bus was shuttling people back and forth. But <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. The guy was an amazing guy that was yeah. driving it. Everybody had a great time singing back. Like, I mean, it really, it, and it's because of the people that attended, but it really, really was. We got some great feedback. Yeah, and many of them are already coming back next year. Yeah, so. a, great, a great investment of their time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that again for sure. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next Burr multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Polak from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Wellen. So things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units. And it's always been important to meet a partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work, but is on time and on budget. And it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades, employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time, on budget and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion or flip project. So to connect with Lee from Wise Construction, text or phone him at 416-525-5951. Again, that is 416-525-5951. And now back to the show. Yeah. I, I mean, check out our website, you know, inspirebeachresort.com for that information. But we've also launched, we're doing like, you know, what one of the things too, it's so Gail that was speaking there. Yeah, Gail. And she did our, our yoga, meditation, yeah. mindfulness classes. Yeah. She's also a naturopathic doctor. Uh, so she's actually putting on additional retreats, not necessarily real estate investors, not have your cake oh. and eat it too, but like uh, yoga, wine and chocolate retreats or leadership retreats. Uh, life transformation retreat. So her and I are and in, uh, in the team and, and you, Harry, we're, we're creating something unique so that you can get away. There's a lot of other people like, so for example, like, you know, how there's certain resorts and, and places that we look to and we're like, okay, what are they doing and how can we do it even better? Uh, and I had looked at a couple uh, in the past and I won't name names, but they were doing these types of retreats. And this is even before this resort, but I didn't book it because I didn't like the accommodations. They yeah. were like, not to the stand and you yeah. said like you know it was it was very old and dated yep. um and yeah, sure. uh you know so we're, we're going to take the opportunity to create these retreats in a really nice environment in our resort which is absolutely beautiful it's on the water it's you know it's two hours away or less really ultimately from from the gta depending on where you're coming from um and you know and not only that but we're also providing events opportunities uh you can book an entire resort uh for your friends and your family like there's so many things that I think this cool project is going to allow us to do an offer. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, probably a number of people listening to this podcast have real jobs like I've had my whole life and are not maybe thinking about real estate, not in real estate yet, or or just starting to put their toe on real estate. But, you know, what, what I love about our little uh, resort is this. So for the 25 or 27 years that I built Harry James Financial, we had a team of 12 people and I had a great manager, partner, Andrew McCauley. And something I was absolutely religious about was an, our annual planning session. I truly believe that creativity came from leaving your natural environment, locking yourself up for three days, and looking about where you've been, where you are, and where you go. And I used my vital signs philosophy, went through relationships, spiritual, physical, financial every single year, made specific goals, cast a, cast a vision. Everybody thought we were drinking beer and golfing, but we were literally were sitting at a kitchen table 
But you know, Sarah, what we always did, we always went to a beautiful high-end environment that created a great energy. We always went for five-star meals. Like we were dreaming, we were planning. We wanted to have a certain a level of professionalism, a certain, uh, uh, you know, what, let's call it uh, abundance mentality. And what I love about what we've created at, uh, in Kong at Inspire Beach Resort is my son, Justin, who is building a, a very successful a business and, uh, and that, that I'm very proud of. He has a small team. He's booked uh, the, uh, uh, the Inspire Beach Resort. He's kind of taken a page out of my book in terms of that annual planning and how, how important that is. But I'll tell you, with what you're going through now, anybody, whether it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or not, you get a thousand percent return on a planning. Yeah. Right. And when you're going to plan, when you're going to push the pause button in your life, when you're going to stand back and really look in the mirror and ask yourself, what do you want and why? It doesn't work in your basement. It doesn't work in your living room. It doesn't work in your office. The reason is that you already have association with other things in those physical spaces. When you go off site, when you go to a completely different environment, that's when creativity and magic happens. That's why many authors that write books, book cabins in the woods, walk in the woods uh, in that communing with nature. And again, which sparks creativity. So uh, again, this sounds like a long-winded promotion to uh, get people to book our cabins and Aspire Beach Resort. That's not the intention. What I'm saying is whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, take the time to plan and do it in an, in an environment that you're not used to being in that will, that will give you that energy and that inspiration to really cast a vision and color in the future for what you want it to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I find that I'm more creative. I'm more I have, like, maybe I just like think bigger, you know, being absolutely, in, in different do, types yeah. of environments like that versus, you know, the four walls of your living room or whatever. And you don't have the distractions. You don't like, you, sure. you know, we have neural pathways that are set. Yeah. And sometimes when we break, it's like learning something new. If I said to you, you know, sit down and play the piano and play this and you'd never played the piano before. I mean, your brain's going to hurt after a few hours because you're firing up, you know, the synapses or whatever that word is that, that frankly, you've never been fired up before. It's the same thing when you get into a in an environment you've never been in, you start to ask yourself questions that you maybe haven't asked yourself before. Yeah, and we should actually do, we should do like our own small team planning meeting as well. Sure, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I was there the other day. I mean, it really is. I'm excited. I mean, really yeah, could use it. It is exciting. Could use a hydropole and some electricity. But other than that, that's a developing. We ordered that. We ordered. No, no, it's more and more. We ordered the hydropole last March. <laughs> Not even this March, the one no, before. No, last March. Are you sure? Yes. We didn't even have the resort then. We, well, we, we knew we were going to need. Uh, we knew we were going to need hydro. I'm not that sophisticated, but I was almost sure we were going to need hydro when it was done. Oh, so, so we yeah. hired for a close on the property? Or we asked for it before, before that? No, no, no. But we're coming up on March. It was ordered last March. Okay, yeah, last, like, March 2022. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That's still I got it. March. I thought you were talking about March 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Bye. Yeah, no, it, it is awesome. So I'm excited. I'm going to spend lots of time there. Um, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have, like, new ideas. Like, that's the fun part of it, right? I, I don't think it needs to just be a place where you're renting it by night. Like, I think there's something to be done with resort retreats and, and you know, inspirational opportunities for people uh -huh. to have their events and their meetings and, um, you know, corporate team building type of events. And I mean, there's just so much and I'm sure we'll have lots of, of additional ideas, but I think there's a unique space. We might as well create some unique experiences from it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And you know what? I don't know, Sarah, if you, if you have more to talk about. One of the things I would, I would say, if, if we are landing the plane here now, yeah. is that yeah. for anybody that's listening, and I mean this sincerely, I have the privilege of uh, being associated with quite a few people. And I have had have people open up to me that really are hurting. 
and they are scared. And, and I truly empathize with that. Just be very, very careful as you're going through this time and take the time to understand you will get through it. Try not to spiral down and get overly discouraged because, you know, we, you don't want to make decisions where you're going to lock in negativity or, or lock in harm, either financially, physically, or anything else. Sometimes when we're not feeling great, we don't take care of ourselves. We don't eat right. The reality is this too will pass. Be careful what you read. Be careful who you hang out with. I mean, there's that study or quote that you're going to make within 10% of everybody you hang out with, and you'll adopt the habits, the values, and the attitude of the people you hang out with. So take a look at who you're hanging out with. And if you're not happy with where you're at, um, unfortunately, you might have to make some decisions. But understand, reach out, be vulnerable, put your ego on the shelf. People want to help. People have gone through what you've gone through. People, even if it's on the positive side, you've got money, you've got, you want to now get into the real estate business. People want to help. There are people out there that are happy to share their experiences and want to give you a leg up and are happy to share uh, their failures so that you don't uh, make the same mistakes. So it's all about though communication, being vulnerable and aligning yourself uh, with the right people. So I just encourage you to do that through this time. And it, it, if it gets worse, uh, trust me, it's going to get better. And it, 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 the, if it does get worse, you personally will make it 10 times worse by listening to the news and focusing on interest rates and every other bad uh, thing that might be going on. So control yeah. your environment, focus on the things that you can control and try to insulate yourself from the, from the other things. Yeah. I say that a lot, right? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with yeah. other than your family. Yeah. Um, so Harry, the next part of the podcast, I'm going to ask you these questions because I think it's been a while uh, and I don't know if you have different answers, but uh, there's five lightning round questions. You're going to give us the yeah. first answer that comes to mind in like, I don't know, 10 seconds or less. Oh, uh, I've seen you do this with other guests and they take like 10 minutes. I get yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> Today's lightning round has been brought to you by midtermrentalproperties.ca. It is a new way to rent, make more cash flow, take back control over our investments and our portfolios using a different creative strategy and pivoting. So if you want to find out more, go to midtermrentalproperties.ca. All right. So here's question number one. What is your favorite real estate investing book or just a book in general that people could read right now? Well, I'm going to go right to uh, As a Man Thinketh. I think it's brilliant. It's, uh, just a little footnote here. Um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill was a loser. He, he was not a very successful guy. Napoleon Hill actually got successful by writing Think and Grow Rich. I don't know if anybody knows that, but I'm pretty sure that's a fact. And if I'm wrong, please let me know because I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, Napoleon Hill read As a Man Thinketh and birthed Think and Grow Rich. Uh, but I'll tell you what I love about As a Man Thinketh, doesn't matter what line of work you're in, what's going on in your family life, what your aspirations are, if you take the time not just to... Uh, in, in, digest, ingest, but digest that book and really meditate on it and chew on the gold nuggets, it will make a huge difference in your life. Awesome. All right. Question number two. Um, so I, I don't know if you listen to podcasts and it doesn't have to be podcast specifically. I'll, I'll tweak the answer a little bit for you, but like, is there something or someone that you listen to on a regular basis? Sarah Larby. No, I mean, they're already listening here. Oh, so sorry. something else, something else. No, but, that, 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 <laughs> but the truth, that is the truth. So this might be right or wrong, but I'll, I'll tell you what I've, what I've always done in my business career, for example, um, can I tell this example? It maybe bore everybody to death, but when I started a financial planning shop on Main Street, actually it was right there, Sarah, I rented that space right there. When I opened up that place Did right there, bridal? Yeah, when okay. I opened up there, it was 1993, cost me $6,000 a month to open the door. 
my net worth was zero. I needed $120,000 a year to live. And I paid my manager $100 a week. And I had no idea what I was doing. I went to a planning session up at Deerhurst. We were, the, we were in the money business. I owned a little franchise called Rostics and Financial. And we were making our goals. And it was just a piece of paper. And we're sitting there at the kitchen table. And it was all about assets under administration. That's what the financial planning game was at the time. So Drew and I sat there and he said, okay, what do you want the assets to be under administration? And I looked up and I pulled a figure out of the air. I said, I want it to be $100 million in five years. And so we wrote that down, $100 million in five years. And everything I did and everything I thought about was $100 million in five years. I didn't attend company conferences. I, I didn't really hang out with people in the, in the industry. I just put my head down, $100 million in five years. Sure enough, five and a half years later, I had $140 million under administration. I didn't know that 20 million was great. I didn't know <laughs> that 50 million was making you a rock star. I didn't realize why I was being asked to speak at places. I just pulled $100 million out of the air. Again, the power of being focused, the power of planning, the, the power of being single-minded uh, is, is just uh, uh, so critical. So I've been careful not to water myself down. I know this might sound horrible, but you need a pulse to write a book and a pulse to start a podcast. I like to know the substance behind the people that I'm either reading or watching. And I, thankfully, I've got enough really cool people in my life that inspire me and encourage me and, and challenge me. And I, and I get, I kind of, I, I can't sleep at night because I'm so excited about so many different <laughs> ideas. So, yeah. I, and so I'm not trying to say I know it all or I've been what, it's just that I, I don't take the time to, to, you know, invest a lot of those things in following other people or, or listening to other podcasts. I just kind of keep my head down, you know, and feed and weed my mind, hang out with some cool people like Sarah Larby, but just basically stay focused on my ultimate goals. And that probably is a horrible answer, but it's the truth. No, I mean, and that's important, right? And, and as you're doing this, because a lot of people are listening to this, we're, we're in an office in Markham and then literally the building across the street is where you started that you're pointing to. That's correct. To. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it is interesting because the podcast itself, for me, it actually allows me to, you know, speak to some really interesting people and listen to them and ask the questions. And actually, that's how we met. We that's met right. through Instagram. But originally, it was to get you to come on the podcast, which that's we nicely right. agreed to. Yeah. And uh, then we kept in touch since then. Yeah. And, and in fairness, it's been awesome for me. I, I've, I've met some great people. I mean, and, and here's the thing, Jim. This is going to sound like I'm sucking up to Sarah and I'm not. But here's the key thing for me. And trust me, he doesn't. You know what I like about you is that you tell me how it is, like like black and white, no sugar coating stuff. I actually I admire that a lot because you're actually, the only person that like, like basically gives it yeah. for real. Well, you know what? That's why I'm surprised you're still sitting beside me. But what I've liked about Sarah is just as, a, and we got to know each other before we went into business together. And I got to know yeah. the, the substance. And I always like to make sure the words and the music match and so on. But I've heard you say to people, look, it's long term. Look, there's downside. Look, it's hard. Look, you know, you've got to have a contingency plan. Like, I, I've appreciated that. And as you and I have worked together and, and I've given you some advice from my failures, I've seen you, you know, challenge it, but adopt it and, and continue. So I, I feel that when, you know, one of the reasons that your podcast is either number one or number two, whatever it is, is, you know, you can't manufacture authenticity. Like people are not stupid. They, they, they're good at reading people. And that includes verbal tones and everything else. And, and the people that you've had on and the conversations you've had and the questions you've asked, it's helped thousands and thousands of thousands. And you should be really proud of that. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case with everybody that has a podcast and everybody sure. that has a microphone. There's a lot of window dressing going on. Yeah. And I ask you folks, discern. I will not take fitness advice from somebody 300 pounds sucking on a Coke. 
And if somebody asks me if they can help me build my net worth, my first question to them is, well, what's your net worth? You know, too many people are advising people what to do with their money, but they don't have any. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't just pass the taste test for me. So no one that's good at what they do is going to be upset if you interview them, put them under the microscope and make sure that they have substance and they actually have done what they said they've, that they've done before you hire them. And I believe that's why every time you sell a course, it's sold out. You've helped people. We could call 15 people right now and they say, oh, yes, yeah, sir, help me do this. And here's my net worth and here's my increase in, in, um, in, in uh, value. Real substantive examples. And that's what you have to look for when you're at a listening to a podcast, taking a course, make sure they're real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, definitely longer than a 10 second answer. <laughs> it's true. Eh? I have a way of rambling on it. I think a lot of people have already done this. Oh, why I, I, I gave you 10 seconds instead of 20. Cause yeah, my, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get excited. Ah, it's all good. It's all good. It's, it's good insight. It's good value. Yeah. Um, all right. So number three, what do you do for fun? Oh man. Uh, I just, I've been to last eight weeks. I've been to Italy and Scotland. Love traveling. My wife, we love, I'm, I'm a, almost an empty nester now. My 25 and 20 year old are like, yeah, get lost, go travel. We're cool. So um, last year we lived in Bahamas for two months. This year we're living in Bahamas for three months and taking my girls down to Florida for a couple of weeks. Um, I also travel with my business partner, Joe. Um, I work out six days a week. I love reading. I do yoga. I do boxing. Love taking my grandkids for a, a, a gelato on Saturday and Sundays. Love going for drives. Um, it, it's basically all friends, family experiences and just, you know, uh, all the stuff that matters most in life, creating memories with people that are special to me. And uh, and I also love uh, helping people. I really do. I love, uh, not that again, you know, I'm just a guy that's got a little bit of experience, but anybody that comes to me that needs a leg up or needs a little bit of encouragement, um, I've failed a lot and I've heard a lot. And, uh, and I think uh, when you share that with people, they feel that they can open up and you can maybe help them achieve some of the things that are important to them. Yeah. And you know what? You'd be surprised how many people don't take you up on that. And the very few that do, you know, it's tenfold because... I mean, I don't know. It's to me getting 35 years of experience and an ability to ask questions for a few minutes. It's like 38 years of experience and insight in a quick conversation, potentially. But anyways, take him up on that if he's offering it to you. All right. Last two questions. Number four, somebody lost everything tomorrow, all their money, all their assets. How would they start again? Well, you need a job. Um, You know, as I said, you know, you, you you make a living from your job. You make your wealth from investing. Uh, I believe that you live within your means, invest beyond your means. It's okay to stretch yourself for things that go up in value. Uh, it's okay to feed negative cash flow to real estate because it will serve you very well. It served my wife and I very well. We've, feed, we've fed our, our real estate for years and years and years. And it is now my psychological soother. I mean, the reality is financial planning is very simple. It's, it's, it's cash flow and net worth. Your, your net worth is your total assets minus your total liabilities. Just like you go to the doctor every year, do a net worth statement every year. If it's the same or going up, you're, you're okay. If it's going down, you better take a look around at what you're doing. Cash flow is what sustains your lifestyle, but you've got to cut a big piece of that cash flow off the top to buy something or invest in something. So if I lost it all in this environment, I'm pretty sure I could buy a, a property with 100% financing or probably 90% financing, um, even if I had to overpay. So if somebody was selling a triplex for 500, I'd offer them 550 and say, look, lend me the money. I'll pay you 7%. I wouldn't care if it cost me a thousand bucks a month. I'd do it because I know in 10 years I'll be fine. I, I don't, I, I really wouldn't matter to me that I overpaid a little bit. Um, or I would jump in and partner with somebody that's having a tough time. Like right now, poof, you have no money. You want to get in real estate. Uh, there's probably a thousand people. If you take the time that are hurting, that need cash flow, that want to get out of their deals. 
and you could jump in and say, look, I don't have any money right now, but I'll tell you what, I'll sign up for 500 a month negative cash flow on that property that you're trying to sell. And uh, if you give me 40% of it or 30% of it, there's just so many creative different ways to get involved. But real estate is very reliable, a great asset to build wealth. So get a job and get into real estate is what I would do. I would say that's very insightful because that is actually what's happening in this market right now. There's a lot of people that are sitting on private money, hard money, can't qualify. Maybe they were flipping and somebody that's brand new could potentially come and do a deal. There are people well, out there. The banks used to relationship lend when I started. Matter of fact, I feel horrible for many of you. When I started, my mortgage broker at the Scotia Bank loved me so much. She would, she would somehow weave magic to get me money that I probably didn't qualify for. Today, it's a nameless, faceless MBA in downtown Toronto that decides whether or not you're worthy, which is a shame. But when you deal with private lenders, they'll lend on character. They'll lend on integrity. They'll lend on references from somebody you've known for 20 years. They'll lend on coming to interview your family. But you have to get out there and tell your story with passion. It's not just going to come and tackle you. You've got to do the hard work. And the, the key is activity. If you asked 100 people to help you, I bet you one or two are going to say, yeah. Most of us, again, just don't have the intestinal fortitude or the drive to ask the 100 people. You've got to make it happen. Create circumstances. Stop blaming them. Yeah. And those people are probably looking for somebody that actually has no real estate yet. Absolutely. Like, I actually think that's a genius idea. If you are starting out and you have the ability to qualify for financing, figure out somebody who's maybe struggling and needs to refinance, can't. 100%. Like so, there's actually many, many of them. And they're good people. These are just yeah. good people that, you know, made decisions without maybe having a contingency plan or staying power. They're good people. And, uh, and, and by the way, don't take advantage of the good people. Like that, it's got to be win-win. You don't want to start a relationship that's unhappy. Don't try to take advantage or be a vulture. Just be fair, yeah. be equitable, create a scenario that both makes you happy. And then one and one equals four, not two. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last question before we wrap up. This is a long winded question. Never mind. have that Harry James guy again. He never shuts up. Lots, lots of great value. I'm sure it's, it's very, very valuable. I've, I'm learning it. I mean, that, that last one was a great, great tip. Um, okay. Last question. Somebody has $50,000 they want to get started. How would you recommend they actually spend that money? Back when I first started in 2017, 50 grand was a lot more money. Yeah. Well, man, it's, it's basically a repeat of my last question. Split it in two and get into two deals. Cut, tie up as much um, uh, value of, with the 50000 that you can. If you can get into a million-dollar deal with 50000 do it. If it's a half-million-dollar deal, do it. But just get as much in your name as possible with the 50,000, because the key to this business always has been, always will be, is other people's money. And when I say other people's money, it's not the internet version of other people's money. I'm talking about renters. Um, other people that rent your property will pay off your mortgage and build your wealth. So um, I would just get as much tied up in my name with that $50,000 as I could. Um, triplex, duplex. And I, when I was a young kid starting out in real estate, that's why I have so much in, in Coburg, Sarah. Um, I just took a compass, went 90 minutes from Toronto, and I was prepared to invest anywhere within 90 minutes. I just ended up being in the East End because I fell in love with Coburg and Peterborough and Omimi and all these places. But um, how, you know, don't don't be stuck to a two two kilometer radius. Be prepared to hop in the truck and mm -hmm. and do some work. And the other thing is too, and this is my last point, and I know I'm going on and on. My goodness, people, it's a business. Spend money to make money. Maybe you have to take a day off. Maybe you have to fly to Ottawa. Maybe you have to rent the hotel. Maybe you have to buy somebody lunch. You've got to invest in your business. You've got to take the time to get to know people and network and ask questions and do appraisals. 
I did an appraisal when I was a young guy. It cost me $10,000 to do an appraisal of a small apartment building in Oshawa I was going to buy. And I didn't buy it. My due diligence showed me that the tenant profile was, too, was poor. Like, okay, it cost me 10 grand, cost of doing business. The good news is I was able to sell the appraisal to the next guy that came along. <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time. But I, but I had to spend 10 grand. I had to do my due diligence. I couldn't get myself in trouble. Yeah. So spend money. It's a business. Make 10-year decisions, not 10-minute decisions. Persevere, get excited. And uh, remember, and this is the last point I'll make because I've gone on and on and on here, but here's the last point. Desire without discipline leads to depression. You have to look at what you desire in your life. You've got to decide what lifestyle you want, how much income you want, where you want to travel with your spouse, what you want your kids to experience, and what you want to experience before you die. Unless you emotionally attach to those things, you will never incorporate the discipline to do what you have to do to make that dream a reality. So figure out what you want and then become disciplined to do the work necessary to get there. And that's the science. But make sure you know what you want. Cast the vision first. This is a top-down game, not a bottom-up game. Know what you want and why. Get emotionally attached to it. That's what will give you the intestinal fortitude to do what you have to do to accomplish what you're after. That was a great way to end the podcast. Some great insights. Wonderful podcast. Like, I should have you on every single week. Uh, <laughs> uh, where is the best place to reach out if somebody's listening to this and wanted to connect with you? Uh, Harry James Enterprises. Uh, sorry, HGA at Harry James Enterprises. Uh, I'm actually going to be launching a, a new website. Well, it's there now. Live Real, Be Real. Uh, and uh, I'm on Instagram where I do a little... Uh, 60 second entrepreneurial thoughts uh, when the spirit moves me um, at uh, Harry James Live Real uh, that my daughter takes care of for me. So any of those places, but uh, but I'm going to be soon launching, as I mentioned, uh, the, uh, what'd you call it? The, I guess, Live Real, Be Real website to encourage and inspire people. Amazing. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.